was uh, Wednesday night at about 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means it is time for another Common Law Wise Words. Mike, is this still teach Oppy? Money Mike, Money Mike, Money Mike. So what's going on there, Monarch? The Monarch. Yo, 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 what's up, what's up? Oh, chillin', chillin'. Money Mike's too choppy, huh? Well, he said that we were... Well, I guess he said the song was too choppy. <laughs> was it choppy for you? Uh, it did for a minute. But... Oh. <laughs> I already has their hand up. What's going on, I? Huh. Wonder if he's still on uh can't talk mode. Oh no. Audio just is, is the audio choppy for you, Monarch? No more than usual. Yeah, I mean I wonder if it's his internet connection. Yeah. Oracle, are you Maybe. there? I'm here. Hello everybody. Hey. Hey, Oracle. Hi. Oh, how are you and this yes, Eve? It was choppy, but now it's clearer. At least on my end it is. And I'm trying to join in through the Internet. And um, I'm on the phone and Internet, so we'll see what will happen in a few minutes. So, yeah. Hi, Monarch. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's been a busy, busy, busy day. Just got in a few minutes ago. JC and I talked for a few minutes, and then we got online. So we're excited for tonight's program. Another, another uh, wonderful Wednesday. Well, an Oracle and I got invited for me to go and speak um, on behalf of We the People of Western North Carolina. Yeah. That's right. I heard. That was uh, Saturday, right? That was Saturday. So the actual video of me talking about it is up on is up on Facebook. And uh, just right before I got on, Donna Few sent me a good job message. Oh, terrific. Good. So, and I guess uh, she posted it up. I guess uh, Kim Shepard shared that video. Yeah, I met with, uh, had a great meeting with Kim today and um, sent her the... Um, uh, video and the audio, so it's it's being passed around now, at least, thank goodness, in Hendersonville, Polk, and Transylvania County. And then this coming Saturday is going to be another terrific day where JC gets to uh, gets to speak. We're excited about that. And that is um, through the organization WAR, R-O-A-R. They're meeting in Polk County, um, and they're going to have another march um, to end medical tyranny and... Uh, a few other things. So we're pretty excited about it. Uh, yeah, and, and the Roar, I mean, you were just talking about how they are kind of making an issue about no political associations. Right. It's just right. about right. restoring freedoms and rights exactly. and all of that good jazz. Yep, exactly. So we're pretty excited about it. I've had a few conversations I guess it's the vice chairperson who organized it. Um, 
So it's been it's been really good, and we're looking forward to it. Another March for Freedom. So word is spreading around really, really quick, and I'm going to work on something else. Um, and I might, um, I might wish to have Monarch's assistance if you've got a little time tomorrow, Monarch. And um, I'd like to get some of course. input. Okay, awesome. Sometime tomorrow, I'd like to get some input from you and a little bit of help and assistance, and we can move this forward for Wednesday. Yep. Yep, I just uh, got a call also from a few people who were really excited that JC was uh, speaking. So it went off really, really good. Yep. A lot of people showed up. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say on the low estimates, they were talking about 500 people being there, which really wouldn't surprise me. Um Somebody was saying a thousand, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know about a thousand, but apparently they were counting all the people who were honking in their cars driving by. yeah, there were quite a quite a number of people who didn't get out of their vehicles but were going along the route um, with the car, and they were they were honking and they were supporting, so we're just you know drive by honkers, so <laughs> it was good. And we had great weather, so we're hoping the same for this Saturday in Polk County to be able to uh, to have some good weather for the march and for John. And there'll be about five other speakers. So yeah, it's 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 all good. It's it's we're we're building a lot of really really good momentum. Yeah, in fact, it actually wouldn't surprise me if we have Greg Newman or Rusta. My my goal is by the end of the year or at the very latest, kind of the early of next year. So that, that's actually a really, really good thing because now we're starting to get a lot of community support on the ground, community support, and the things that have gone on are just atrocious. The more we talk about it, the more people are starting to come forward and tell us about other things we didn't know about. So, and yeah, again, stuff, it's kind of my personal belief. If I can get into that courthouse and start going through the files and know what I'm looking for, you know, especially with people kind of bringing stuff forward, then mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that we could probably get something done next year. And once we do something in that courthouse, my guess is, is it would spread like wildfire throughout America. Mm -hmm. West Coast is going up next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. West Coast and East Coast going to merge and ride on this one, huh, one arc? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it is really, we're building slow and steady momentum and then all of a sudden it's just it's just shooting out the window this is awesome what's happening so word is definitely getting around town here in the three counties and so i'm expecting a whole lot more to to start happening yeah that momentum it picks up like a like a rocket once it gets going you know i yep. I, I forecast uh john will be uh, you know, probably dating Kim Kardashian by New Year's. <laughs> if I'd have her, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
by the I, way, I is just, she divorced? I, just, I I think I think her and Kanye are divorced, you know. And honestly, don't judge me, anybody. I might be more likely to date Kanye than Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, me too. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> Likely to date Kanye myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was only saying that because if word started really spreading around town, she'd probably want you to help with the divorce. But since that's already been done, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, people on that level, they they don't get like they they don't get the you know, slaves, administrative divorces. In fact, um, one of the things, this was actually really interesting because the corpus juris secundum that I used um, at the Greenville Law Library, um, which is actually a pretty good law library, but it's it's a federal edition of corpus juris secundum. They have a state's edition of corpus juris secundum, but it's only, you know, I mean, it was probably written back in the mid 80s. And the federal edition was probably like early to mid 2000s. Anyways, I, I was looking through it and I see a whole section on divorce. In fact, it has three books on divorce. And I was like, this is really interesting. And one of the first sections in the divorce is, um, is jury trial. Now, why would that be? Anybody got a question? Anybody got an answer to this? Because then it'd be moving in law. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, it's federal. Like, you know, you, you don't get your Rockefellers in state court getting a divorce. It just doesn't happen. You don't get your Carnegie's going to state court to get a divorce. You don't get your Mr. and Mrs. Gates going to <laughs> state court to get a divorce. So they absolutely have a jury trial if, you know, if they can't settle it amongst themselves, but most of them know that they can throw enough dirt at each other that, you know, everybody will just get muddy. Yeah. Like Mr. and Mr. Gates, you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like the Gates project. So House yeah. just had his hand up. Oh, yeah, we saw that, House. So you're saying that the majority of divorces don't have like a juries at all just like the traffic court um some states actually have juries for divorces uh but typically you have to ask for it right off from the beginning to my amazement when i was up in um tennessee listening to uh what was his name the recent one yeah the recent one journey yeah. we're yeah Kemp. Kemp. yeah Kemp. when we were up there listening yeah, I still have COVID brain. But when we were up there listening to uh, Don Ash talking about Kemp's case, it, it actually amazed me because when Kemp brought up the whole thing about right to trial by jury, he was like, in Tennessee, you actually have the right to trial by jury in divorce cases, but you just didn't, you know, basically initiate having a trial by jury within the time that you have to do it with their administrative process. So right. Tennessee is a state where they have a trial by jury for divorces. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that when he said it. Huh. Otherwise, it's it's typically all administrative and family court, which is well, about it. Look, just because it's a jury doesn't mean it's not administrative. Okay. Ah. If, if, you, ah. if you go back and listen, if you go back and listen to uh, 
me going to traffic court, my bad hair traffic court date video. You'll hear yeah. the judicial officer going, would you like a jury trial or a uh, bench trial? You know, and I go, I got the right to due process of law, correct? And he goes, you got the right to a jury trial or a bench trial. Yeah, no, I got the right to due process of law because you have to have certain elements before we even get to a trial and due process of law. You know, yeah. just because you're giving me a jury trial doesn't mean that you're giving me due process of law. And that's why when people have jury trials, the court can sequester the evidence that you're that you wish to present. They can gag you. They can do all sorts of things that they couldn't do in a court of law. Just go watch yeah. uh, Andrews trial you know what i mean the judicial officer says yeah if you go by the law you can absolutely have the last word he doesn't do anything he goes by the law gets to the last word they start to figure out what he's gonna do and they're like oh no 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 we're not gonna let you tell the jury that <laughs> uh, and they switched it right back over to an administrative process wow So had they have allowed Andrew to tell the jury what Andrew wished to tell the jury and they wouldn't have switched it back over to administrative process, A, I don't think there's any way on God's green earth the jury would have convicted them, you know, but had the jury convicted them, they could have actually executed the conviction, which they weren't able to when they switched over to his administrative process. So it seems like there's a very thin line between law and administrative that you have to be careful of because you could cross it without even realizing you're crossing it. Well, I mean, most people do, but, you know, the entire administrative process really mirrors. I mean, they, they just took it straight from what the law is and then they just wrote it down because the common law isn't really written anywhere. And that doesn't mean that it's not written. It's just not written in a codified book like you know the rules of civil procedure how do you find the rules of common law procedure well you go and you study a whole lot of case law i mean that's basically the the long and the short of it but there there are certain things to common law like you know technicalities are not favorites of the law unless it's bringing justice to an individual the, you know Technicalities are absolutely favorites of administration, no matter whether it brings justice or not. Wow. Yeah. You know, like, like in common law, there's a maximum of law. Law looks to the substance, not the form. So even if you don't get the form 100% right, if the court understands basically what you're trying to do and you just didn't get the process 100% right, they're going to violate your substantive rights by not allowing you to proceed that way. Yeah, like uh, rejecting your filings because they're not in official format or not certified by an attorney, or, things like that. Or because they're not in English. You know, it's just like, like, that's one of the basic rules. It's like, here's why Elvira could go in and put all her filings in Russian. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, again, it goes back to it's imperative the court understands you. It's not imperative that you understand the court. You don't have to understand the court. You know, but but the court has to understand you because the court is trying to negotiate a contract for you the entire time you're in there. That's kind of their entire purpose of existence. Yes, sir.
So how is it, uh, to your knowledge, uh, how is it that they swung that in Andrew's case, got him back to administrative? Oh, I mean, the, the judicial officer was in control. He was not going to let Andrew say what Andrew was going to say. I mean, and Andrew even got to tell the jury, and this is what amazes me about why the jury convicted him. I mean, he even got to tell him, look, they took down my closing statement from, it was, I think it was nine pages down to three. I mean, they took out two-thirds of his closing statement. So they just constrained him to, to the point where he couldn't, couldn't do what he was going to do, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't tell them about what the judicial officers had done to him. He couldn't tell them that he was locked up while his mom died for exercising his right to remain silent, that the court would never tell him what he did wrong. You know, <laughs> like, like just absolutely everything. It's like, nope, we're not going to let you say this, this, or this. And that's why if you go and you listen to the video that I made about it, I mean, you'll hear me. I mean, you know, because Andrew didn't really know how to argue it. So, and they let me sit in as next friend. So if anybody ever wishes for proof on somebody actually doing that, just go watch the videos. <laughs> um, so, but when I'm up there arguing about it, the, the judicial officer's like, nope, this is where you've got to shut up. <laughs> I know that you can argue this one out. You know, Andrew's going to have to stand on his own two feet because Andrew didn't know that much about law. Yeah. He didn't know enough to argue that particular part of law out with a judge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I don't know many people who know that much about law. Besides myself and other judicial officers. Yeah. You know what? If you ever have to do that again, not have to, if you ever get the privilege of doing that again, you should wear a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't remember 100%, but I'm pretty sure I was wearing my uh, Be the Change and Make Sense t-shirt. You know, because so, it was definitely, yeah, I was definitely trying to talk. And, and I'm still amazed that he got convicted because... You know, at least half the people who were sitting on the jury were okay with medical marijuana and thought that marijuana should be legalized for medical purposes. Uh. They they wouldn't even let him bring up the fact that uh, that he was stopped on private property and they didn't have a warrant. Like the the officers had no right to be up there in the first place. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was his property, right? <clears throat> well, I mean, it wasn't his property, but he was renting it from somebody who owned half the mountain. It was their property, and they had no trespass signs up. And, uh, you know, they, the, his attorney was trying to convince them it was public vehicular area, and it wasn't. You know, this is how good attorneys are. They're They're going to lie straight to you just to get you to think that you broke the law. Yep. Yep. So they can make their deal and move on. That's right. Yep. It's so, all the numbers game. Do attorneys get so commissions it, from the court? Well, no, actually, the attorney explained it. And um, he's like, the state doesn't pay us much. 
but the state he goes not like they did before we went bankrupt <laughs> i thought it was hilarious <laughs> and uh anyways i guess the state pays them at 250 dollars an hour but when they get the conviction against whoever you know they're representing the the state will issue a judgment for the attorney against the the defendant and of course they never issued a judgment on that case because they wouldn't issue an actual judgment um so does it complicate things or is it relevant at all or to what degree that he was on land that he is in contract as a renter is that in any way detrimental no, that's, compared that's, to that's just as good as it being your own private property i figured so because it's private property and you're paying for the use and enjoyment of that private property so while you're paying for the use and enjoyment of that private property you're basically leasing it from the property owner yeah you know which means that that for the rights of privacy it's effectively your property right unlimited right to contract yeah yeah so it, as far as like liability it's still the owner's property remember because the owner's liable for property yes yep that's why it's not real good to be the owner you'd much rather have possession care and control <laughs> and that is a fact if you have a choice between the two you know and the same thing goes for like parents like parents I, I hate to say this, but you don't really wish for custody. You'd much rather have possession, care, and control. Custody is whoever's responsible for the little monster y'all created. Yep, <laughs> that's correct. And in their terms of art, they go by things like uh, legal custody usually encompasses your your parental rights um over your child i don't you guys can't see my air quotes but that's what's going on here <laughs> but parental rights over your to legally be the decider over their medical and educational needs which are all legal in nature it's not your right to be mom or dad over your offspring and have possession care and control and train them to be a man or a woman in uh, the creator's image. Those are two totally different things. Yep, and they'll shy away from that if it ever gets... Yeah, know. because they don't have jurisdiction under that type of law. They don't, do they? Who no, does? No, they don't. The creator. That's right. Well, and, and there's also kind of a natural law jurisdiction. So the only way in, like, natural law for a child to be separated from the parents is basically if the entire neighborhood gets together and says we got this you know like we see what you're doing to your offspring to your little one and you're not doing a good job you know and we're going to come in and basically judge that you you shouldn't be a parent yep basically pitchforks and and uh torches 
<laughs> that, that reminds me of a good Facebook post I posted off well, I shared. It was <laughs> like, you don't have to fight them all. You know, the, the king's servants telling the king, you don't have to fight them all. All you have to do is convince the pitchfork people that the torch people want to take their pitchforks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, man. Memes, they're so funny that they're tragic. <laughs> well, I think the tragedy is the true sudden just. Does anybody have any questions? Any questions in the audience tonight? Yeah, you mentioned the natural law. So I wonder if there's no difference between a natural law and law of nature. Natural law and the law of nature. Um, yeah, I mean, natural law is the law from nature in which guides, you know, uh, civil society. Like, like the natural law that guides civil society is that piece of law that's been found throughout common law courts. And common law courts were really established in uh, good old England and the British Isles. And it was really established because after William the Conqueror brought civil law, up to the British Isles, you know, the people just wouldn't conform to it to the point where they would actually chop off government officials' heads, put them out in the front of the town. So they they kept to the old laws, you know, the ancient laws of the the Bible, and and that basically amounted to having a jury. And so jury decisions are really what created um, the common law jurisdiction and what judicial officers would allow to stand at common law under judicial discretion. And uh, that was created over 800 years of jury decisions of the difference between right and wrong in different jury trials. And for probably about 400 of those 800 years, the jury would actually consist of the entire town, you know, at like 100 courts or courts barren. And uh, basically what would happen is every three weeks um, on a Sunday or Monday, the entire town would get together at a church or the entire like, uh, you know, village, whatever, you know, incorporated people living together. We get together at a church. And if anybody had any claim against anyone else, they would go ahead and lay it down there. And typically trials would last anywhere between about half an hour to three to five hours. And that's because for the most part, everybody would have been talking about that situation for at least a couple of days, <laughs> unless it had just happened. And if something had just happened, they might postpone it until the next meeting, till the next gathering of people. And so, you know, everybody for the most part would have already known who they trusted, what was set up. It, the the trial would not have been very long and a trial would have just been to really establish like if the town was really divided on something to just really establish people's testimonies who were actually in the middle of whatever situation happened so but the jury would typically lay out you know what was right what was wrong and why it was right or wrong that's uh an interesting point you brought up there. That's how we used to handle things in the military too. Um, 
if two people had a beef or some kind of uh complaint uh you know we would file it with the tech sergeant and uh then hey monarch either you, that uh, you're, monarch you're breaking up right disregard check check and yeah like we we got y'all would file it with the tax sergeant yeah the tech sergeant would be in charge of uh personal affairs and then every other friday we had what was called an ammo call after work which was kegs rolled in and you know mandatory drinking and stuff so those two individuals would either duke it out or resolve it beforehand and uh and then drink a beer together every time That's military culture for you. But yes, sir. It's actually a very, very good um, custom and way of working things out, especially in a small community that has to live together, like a military company. And if it's any more serious than that, then of course it would probably go to a JAG court. Yeah. What's that second court you mentioned? JAG court? Yeah, that's mm. the judge, judge advocate general. That's um, that's the, the legal theory. Huh, never heard of that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best way to explain it. That's the legal society in the military. Yeah. They move under okay. their own that, that's code. where you would go for like not just an individual complaint where you have like a soldier against a soldier but if you had like an officer you know charging a soldier with court martial or something then yeah. that that's where they would go is to the jag court okay yeah in fact i don't even know what you would do if your fellow soldier or sailor airman i don't even know exactly what you would do if you had a gripe with them that you wanted taken in a court you know typically you just take it up the chain of command if you had to you know you'd tell your boss and blah 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 and then it'd be handled in-house well, i mean i know how sailors used to do it in the old days typically uh -huh. it'd be trial by combat yeah yeah i guess i just never saw uh never saw it happen you know i mean as far as nothing you couldn't resolve with the little fisticuffs well, fist to cuffs, that's kind of trial by combat, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I I never saw anything uh, go go any further than that. I mean, there was never any grief afterwards. But I knew plenty of people that got court-martialed, you know. Well, what I think is ridiculous, I just, I, I actually heard about this last weekend and I was like, there is no way that is the case. Because uh, somebody was telling me about in the military, they're actually threatening people with dishonorable discharges, basically like being court-martialed um, if they won't take the jab. And I was yeah. like, whoa, that's that's a little way too severe. I didn't believe it at first, but apparently that is true so that's basically like saying 
the people in the military who won't take the job more or less are amounting to treasonous traitors, terrorists. Yeah, that's a little much. That's pretty far. Yeah. And on an administrative level, that's sort of equivalent to being like a, a felon. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's worse. I mean, like treason is way worse than an actual felony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, as far as in your typical scenario, getting a dishonorable discharge, because when you get discharged, you have to you, you receive what's called a DD-214. That's your defense department. Right. Your entire service. And without that, it's like you can't even have beauty. And it's uh, on there, everything. And so if it says dishonorable or other than honorable, that's that's pretty rough. Well, other but, than honorable is not the same as dishonorable. I mean, it's not no, no, close. it's not. It's not, but it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like. I mean, other than honorable is kind of like you're just going back to civilian life, and your military service doesn't really count. Yeah, it's kind of like you might, depending on the circumstance, be better off excluding that from your resume if possible, but not necessarily. I mean, to get a clearance or to maintain your clearance once you're out is, is it can be tough. And uh, yeah, another interesting thing that reminded me um, is what they do is say they're going to kick you out early. Let's say you have a four year active duty in, uh, enlistment. Well, you actually have an eight-year contract that you might not be aware of. So when you get discharged after four years, if that's the case, you actually owe four more years inactive duty or inactive uh, reserve. And uh, and I've seen this a few times, actually at least twice happened to two people where they got sent to federal prison for like life. But uh, they what they do is they demote you down to E1 or O one if you're an officer, and then they sentence you to however many years, and then you get discharged dishonorably. Man, civil action comes. You, you remember when we were telling you about Paul Gratton, the guy who thought he was smuggling? Oh yeah, from over silencers. Yeah. yeah, and you know he was actually just smuggling. And air rifle moderators that are more like children's toys than actual real hardware. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. when he was going in for his sentencing, uh, you know, um, they had probably, I would say, eight to 12 people from the military. And all of these people were in like an organized, coordinated effort to like, uh, still machine gun parts you know from the armory where they they were going to take the machine guns to go get melted down for the raw material and then selling those machine gun parts or just the entire gun itself on the street and not one of them saw one day in prison so these were active military well, not anymore. <laughs> well, not yeah. by the time they were in federal court for that. <laughs> huh. But yeah, I mean, they, they were active military when they were running their operation. Interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they advertise it as though the UCMJ, that's the Uniform Code of Military Justice, they they advertise it as though it's an extra layer of uh, insulation to protect you, but it's just another set of codified bull BS that, you know, can take you down. Because anything that happens, if you do anything on or off base, local PD, whoever it is that is involved, uh, they just throw you in a tank and then your first sergeant shows up and drags you home by your ear and they take it up on base, you know. Hey, Alice, I noticed we lost you. If you wish to join back in, just raise your hand there, buddy. And if anybody else wishes to hop in the conversation, just raise your hand at star two on the phone, or if you're on the computer, there should be like a little hand symbol. Okay, what else was on? Someone, have you ever like gotten into some real trouble in the military? Like considerable real trouble, not just everyday stuff. Uh, me? No, I was a I was a good boy. The uh, you mean you you're talking like legal society trouble, like uh, that jack somebody? No, I, I didn't get in any trouble like that. Did I you steal machine gun parts and sell them to the public? Oh, you're you're breaking up. I couldn't hear that. <laughs> did, did you uh, steal machine gun parts and sell them off to the public? Nah, I heard you. I actually did know a couple guys that did that. Well, no, I don't know about the selling part, but uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you from from the other side of things. I've absolutely had multiple occasions and. Uh, knew a number that I could call to get actual live hand grenades. And I was offered to buy a saw machine gun for about $1,400. Um, and obviously it was hot right off of a military base at that price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what most commonly happens uh, that I saw anyway is... <clears throat> You get guys on uh, the other end of the pipeline downrange deployed and uh, they'd break them down and put them in containers and ship them back because each unit typically has their own deploy deployment um, teams, you know, so that's like a custom free direct express straight to you, you know, and oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, and, it's and, and we, we just saw how well the military keeps up with all their hardware in Afghanistan, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In fact, yeah, I've uh, I've seen it um, on accident a few times. You know, I've opened some cans myself that were just full of M9, you know, parts or, you know, other things. And then I'm like, oh, and then it's got somebody's name on it. And I'm like, hey, fish, this is yours, you know. And uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like mailing a package home to yourself. Alice is saying that he can't hear us. Can everybody else hear us? Well, we can't hear him much either. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I will say every now and then you kind of cut out. I think every now and then I might kind of cut out. Yeah, I can hear everybody, but Al comes in a little low himself. I don't know why. He sounds real low. The volume. <laughs> <laughs> 
But every once yeah, in a while, yeah. Oh, yeah. No jazz music, though. Jazz music, my favorite. Where are you hearing jazz music? Oh, Alice used to always have, uh, you know, it sounded like he was at a party behind him. Oh, is that right? I don't know if it was always jazz. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like he was uh, in the French Quarter on the moon with drive-bys going on and jazz music. It's been a long week and it's only half over. Oh, and it's just going to get longer tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you hear us again, Al? Yeah, it's, not, it's, not it's not like it's, uh, my neighbors always have parties and I like to sit close to the balcony. So it's then all the time. Hey, it's it's okay. We we like party people around here. Oh yeah. You know it. There's nothing wrong with party people. But like they never stop. It's literally the whole time. They don't know what a weekend is. Like every day. <laughs> Hey, that probably would have been my house back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, Alice. If the party don't stop, it sounds like you're in the right place. Well, it's like, you know, on Saturday afternoon, they're partying. Alice is like, come on, Monarch, you know, every now and then you got to get some sleep. And that time's like 4 a.m. on a Tuesday night, <laughs> Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> That's right. We're talking. That. What was that, Alice? Go tell my neighbors, allegedly, and see what they're reacting. <laughs> Their reaction will be like, shoot, yeah, allegedly, because we're not letting our neighbor out sleep at that time. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably like, if Alice is accusing us of letting him sleep at that time, he's allegedly lying. (laughs) They're like, why are you trying trying to sleep? Something wrong with you? Oh, shit, you got the Rona? (laughs) Yeah, my neighbors keep me entertained sometimes. Well, you still got those fires going on there, don't you? Um, not not real close. I haven't seen, but uh, yeah, it was funny. the The last big one. I don't know if I told you, uh, I went over to the gas station to get some gas because my mom was visiting and she was going to head back out of town. And uh, the forestry, one of the forestry guys was there recruiting guys right off the gas pump. And they were just pulling out when I got there. I guess he, uh, 
from what I was told, he got about 25 guys. 25 guys? Yeah, something like that. I guess I guess he was just grabbing anybody that looked able-bodied and said, hey, you look like you can walk and shovel and, you know, hold a hose, whatever, you know. Sign this and get in. So, JC, somebody was asking me about getting a gun permit. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I don't know why I would ask permission to get a gun. I I'm pretty up. sure if you just walk down to the gun store, they'll sell them to you. <laughs> or your local you active duty. Uh... You yeah, otherwise, as we found out tonight, just ask somebody in the military. They might sell you some hardware you can't buy at the store. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you can you yep. can just go in. You can buy a gun without having a permit. Oh, yeah. That I mean, I remember I had a friend who had a felony, and he was waiting for somebody over in Spartanburg and was really bored. And he went in with a felony and got a gun in about half an hour. You know? Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I don't remember what he was waiting for, but he was waiting for something that, you know, basically it was kind of age related. You had to be 21. They had to do some type of check. But, you know, he I, and I really wish I remembered what it was, but he was like, I can't go get this done, which I'm which I'm allowed to do, you know, but it takes up five or six hours of my day. But, yeah, I can go next door to Walmart and get a gun in like half an hour. Oh, wow. You know, so, and I mean, I'm sure that, like, uh, for instance, if you live where Monarch lives, you know, yeah. or if you're in Illinois or New York or New Jersey, it's probably not that easy. Um, but I mean, I would say almost every of the guns that I don't own, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I never had to register or fill out paperwork i would always just buy them down at a gun show you know and there there are still gun shows yeah yeah out here you can't even buy ammo that quick <laughs> so well i mean you can't actually you can't right now because all of the ammo is gone well they do checks out here now all the you gotta ammo have a, i think yeah, I mean, when I was buying ammo, because ammo is one of the things that I would actually buy off of the um, internet, and, you know, you could just order a couple thousand rounds and they'd be delivered in a couple of days, but now you you really can't, and, and when you can find the ammo, the prices are pretty astronomical, yeah. you know, like when I, when I was buying it, you could get green tips for about 90 cents a around and you're probably not going to find green tips for less than about two bucks around now if you can find them yeah. you said walmart sells guns 
Well, they, they used, used to. to. <laughs> they, they did back when this story happened. You know, in fact, uh, I think it was a 357 revolver that he bought. But Mon um, Walmart hasn't been selling uh, handguns or AR-15s probably since about 2016 or 2015. Um, and I don't think that they sell ammo for that e anymore either. I think they might sell handgun ammo, but I know that they don't sell ammo for like an AR or an AK. Yeah. Any quote-unquote assault rifles. Yeah, yeah. Dick's Sporting Goods took a huge hit because they won't sell anything associated with it anymore. Oh. Not the type of Walmart I'm used to. Yeah, well... You know, I mean, down here in South Carolina, it's kind of like, um, I think it was Ruger. Ruger had a manufacturing facility up in New York or Massachusetts that was making AR-15s. And when they um, implemented their magazine capacity the limit and ban, uh, they were like, well, where's going to be the last place in the United States to do that? South Carolina, they moved their plant and facility down here to South Carolina. So, and and South Carolina actually has our own state armory, and you know the state armory manufactures and produces its own weapons. Yeah, South Carolina and Tennessee, I think, both have a lot of uh, manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is pretty interesting. Like, everybody talks about, like, the economic collapse that's coming. I'll tell you right now, South Carolina is pretty prepared for that. We have our own, like, uh, state treasury, and our own state treasury actually has real gold and silver bullion, you know? So if there was some type of economic collapse, South Carolina could produce lawfully by the Constitution its own money pretty quickly. I think you South know? Dakota also, right? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like eight to ten states across the United States that have that kind of setup where they have their own state treasury and they have their own bullion. What makes them special, though? Uh, what do you mean, what makes them special? Why it's only ten states? Why can't it be all 50? Well, it could be all 50, but only ten actually have a a uh, governmental body that's prepared that way, uh, you know? So it's like, it's like I, I, don't, I, I don't know why only 10, but what I can tell you is that the way that they're prepared, like in the constitution, everybody points to the article where it's talking about you can only make gold and silver bullion money. And that's not what it says. It says only the states can do that. Like if the states have their own independent bank and their own independent currency like they used to back before the Civil War, they could only use gold and silver, you know, as as their their currency. They could only mint gold and silver as their currency. That's why none of the money had in God we trusted on it, because you didn't have to trust in God. You, you know, you had the gold or the silver physically in your hand. Um, and then, of course, I think it was. 1957 but it was whenever the federal reserve was basically at the point where they didn't really have any money left and they were just taking it all off of faith that's when they started putting in god we trust on the money you know because now you had to trust your banker 
you, you couldn't trust that it was gold or silver, or even backed by gold or silver. Was that before FDIC came out, or was it after? Um, yeah, that was after the FDIC came out because the FDIC came out after the, um, you know, the Great Depression. It pretty much came out in the mid '30s because everybody in the Great Depression lost all of their money. Nobody would put their money in the banks anymore, and people are going to start taking their money out of banks because I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about opening up a like checking account and to have a checking account to uh, withdraw your money if you have like six withdrawals within a quarter, that's your limit. And then you have to actually start paying the bank just to get your money back out of it. Jesus. Yep. Crazy. So, and of course the FDIC insurance went up back in 2008 and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up again because of how much value the dollar is going to lose to inflation. Wow. I, I was looking at a chart the other day, I think it was yesterday, and it was talking about how if you have $100 today, that will purchase you the same amount of goods and services that $3 back in 1912 would have purchased you. I had three dollars of today's money or nineteen twelve money. Any day's money. I'm broke. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, nineteen twelve, three dollars would have been basically three ounces of of silver, which should really tell you, you know, just by that little chart, you know, how much silver is still undervalued because three ounces of silver would be like seventy five bucks. 72 bucks. And that's if you got like full market value for it. And of course, if you're trying to purchase three ounces of silver right now, it'd probably be like 150 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Unless you go through Noble Gold brought to you, our sponsors. Just kidding. Not really. I just see that a lot on YouTube. I do not condone or condemn that uh, endorsement. Or not endorsement, advertisement. Hey, Monarch Oracle, will y'all take over for a moment? I'm going to step away from the mic. Roger that. I'll be back. Roger, I'm here. Anybody else have any questions? We're just a lively group tonight, aren't we? And we've got a bunch of people on. Kind of interesting. I finally hooked in on here on the talk show, um, not as a guest, but signed in, and I'm finally able to see who's on, um, who's on the board. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's because he made you a, an administrator. Oh, is that why? Okay, admin. Okay. Yeah, so you can kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was dealing with the other group down there in Polk County, I told them uh, I'm I'm JC's uh, 
PR person, so if you want him to speak, you got to come through me. <laughs> so yeah. that's what we did, and we yeah, booked him. So that that was kind of interesting. Besides doing the research and helping with some of the videos and all the other stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it looks like hey, Money, Money Mike, Mike is, is still on, and I was wondering about his next show. If you'd like to pr- pr- promote it, he's welcome to do that. It's Money Mike Five Thousand. I don't know if he's having a show after this or, or or when, but he's he's welcome to put it in the in the chat or or, or get unmuted. So. Yeah. Has he been doing his after shows? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm giving him the opportunity to be able to to invite others on for the for his next show. I tell you, I was Too worried about Angela. Answer us. Do you remember Angela? She yeah. had her own talk. Yeah. Does anybody know if she's still on or not? I was thinking about her the other day. Um, Money Mike mentioned it. Uh, well, that was a while, I guess. But... Oh, wait a minute! I'm looking in the. And it says the audio is dead. Money Mike five thousand said the audio is dead. I I out of here. Oh dang. Oh, he left. Oh, too bad. Yeah, I had that issue in the beginning, and there was an area on the top where you you have to um, un unmute. You know, unmute yourself. Otherwise, I couldn't hear anything either. Um, there's two areas on the screen that has the audio and the and the visual. And if you kind of put your little mouse thing around it, it'll show. It'll start to pop up and show. So I have a much better screen now than I did before. So signing in really you know did help a lot. Yours is actually saying you're muted. Well, are, you, are you are you talking through your phone? Yes. We'll change that. Okay. We're gonna, okay. We're going to change that in a second. Yeah, hey. I was going to say. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yep, reverb. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, even a little better. Check, check. Can you hear can me? You? Yeah, I can hear you. You can't hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh! There we go. Okay, I'm live. All right, that worked. Yeah, I started in on the phone because I, I had that same issue, and then I I um, I just clicked on the audio and forgot to uh, kind of. I stayed on the phone, so yeah, it's it's coming through the computer now, which is awesome. Because I really do like the screen that it's showing up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for. You said- Oh, for real? All right, awesome. That's good. Yeah. Huh. I remember I was doing a, I was doing a radio show. Uh, I lived in Charlotte for a temporary year and a half, and I was coming back every week and doing a, a radio show in Asheville, North Carolina. And I remember I went to a woman that I knew who who did a lot of work uh, before she moved here on Broadway and, and off Broadway, and I said to her, 
I said, listen, um, I really would like to be able to articulate my words better and, you know, sound a little bit more professional and clear because I took speech in in school when I, when I was a kid. And I said, could you please give me some speech lessons? You know, I want to be able to, you know, say something and people can understand it. And he, she said, you know, I can help you do that. And uh, she was very clear in the way that she spoke every word and every syllable you could really understand. And I said, I really just, you know, would like to be able to, you know, speak in a way that's a little clearer. And she said, I could actually do that for you, but then, then it wouldn't be you. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you have such a distinct, you know, kind of like New Yorky kind of, it's just the way you talk. And I can't imagine changing that. I, I would, I would find it a sin to change the way that you speak. And I'm like, you don't understand. You know, I just want to be able to speak with, you know, clearer and pronounce my words. She says, I, I really, I really don't want to help you do that. She says, because that um, your personality comes out and the very, you know, distinct way that you speak is how people know you. So I gave up that one. And thought, okay, well, this is it. So this is my my half New Yorky, somewhat North Carolinian. Uh, yep. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> Shoot, Monarch, what did you do? Everybody left. <laughs> I can't see that on my on my board, John. There was a few that could not hear, could not get the volume in, John. I'm not sure why they couldn't. They couldn't hear. Yeah, I saw Money Mark, Money Mike say that the uh, audio died. Do you think it's something on the talk shoe in? It, it has to be on the talk shoe in. Yeah, well, that's a bummer. We don't want to lose anybody. We love everybody. We'd actually like to hear what they have to say. We have somebody else with an 828 number here. I wonder who that is. Oh, that's Alan. Hey, Alan. Hey, Alan. You be on the road. Yeah, you can tap on the muted thing. You can tap, like, on the microphone? Yeah, tap, tap on his microphone. Oh, maybe he doesn't want to say anything. Uh, Are you there? I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's there. He's probably just got both hands on the wheel. Send up a smoke signal if we can unmute you. Hey, Alan, Hi. Are you there. Hey, hey. what's up? <laughs> How are you? Uh, or, Oracle thought that you just didn't wish to say anything. I'm it's getting like, fuel, diesel fuel right now. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. You're loading up your truck? Just getting fuel right now, getting ready to get hooked up and back on the road. Wow. Well, at least you've got good weather. It's going to start to pour in rain soon. Yeah, in the apparently next day we're or supposed two, to get so. hard rain up here tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. By flood okay. rain. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Because you know what that means where we live is that 
we get the flash floods and then a day or two later we get more flash floods coming from higher elevations yep Mm-hmm. i'm just not looking forward yeah. to getting wet at work yeah yeah exactly i don't know yep. that makes sense that's home okay. sometimes soon why We're starting to slow way down all this stuff not coming in and not being shipped we're not moving anything yeah what do we think about that what the heck's really going on is it really not enough people that are working that can get this stuff off the ships is what they're well, saying and it's going to get a lot worse because of the mandates the biden mandates and california upholding them so la is going to get a lot worse well, I heard today that there's going to be a shortage of aluminum and that um, by December, it's going to be very difficult to find anything with aluminum, like aluminum canned vegetables. Um, Chef Boyardee. Well, all, all of that is mainly steel. It's not aluminum. So what's no. going on with that? I, I have no clue. I haven't heard about it. Mm-hmm. The same thing I with everything else. Something. We're trying to make a shortage of everything. I've been yeah. hearing meat, you know, all the stuff we could self-sustain in the United States that they won't allow since Corona took over. And it's got to be shipped in from China. Yeah, I mean that's all that's the things the real we could self-sustain here. Is that all of the stuff that they're talking about having a shortage of, like aluminum, steel? Um, you know, food, all of that stuff, the United States could be completely self-sustained and dependent. We, we don't need anything from the rest of the world for energy, food, um, Fuel, like yep. raw materials for the most part. True. We, we do need Big brother doesn't want batteries. That. That's right. True. So you're saying it's an artificial, it's an artificial scarcity, yeah. In order yeah. to keep prices up, 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 up. Well, and not just to keep prices up, 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 but also to make a divide. You know, a Control. bigger divide. Yeah. Yep. And, and to to make a bigger divide between the haves and the have-nots. That's that's really the only way that you're going to usher in a communist state. Yep. And the first things you do is you attack the supply line and lines of communication. That's the first thing you do in any combat situ situation, you know. Well, in terms of the line, you know, the lines of communication, I mean, I think a lot of that started with just our usual alphabet news programs that are constantly reporting the same thing. You can turn to all three or four channels and they all have the same exact thing to say, just different suits and different dresses. I mean, they, they just, well, they're all controlled by the same whatever. people. They just need you. We want you to, 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 to hear. The yeah, same, same organization tells all of them what to say. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same billionaires, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, 
Hmm. That doesn't matter which one you watch. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, John. Oh, it does. It doesn't matter which one you watch. They're all puppets controlled by the same puppet master. Yeah, they all say the same thing. And you know, the odd thing is, is that people believe it. I was talking to somebody who worked in a nursing facility, and with the elderly, and um, you know, because of the COVID nineteen and the isolation and that a lot of these older people are just even more terrified than ever because they're sitting down there all together, of course, six feet apart, listening to this news that just scares the bazookas out of each one of them. And it's making them sicker and sicker, you know, emotionally and then physically. It's terrible. And old people gossip. Terrible. Well, and and I think also that, you know, they kind of, you know, they're vulnerable. And so it's easier for them to kind of, you know, be afraid of things, you know, quicker. You know, the ability to not see well or hear well. And then you're, you're force-fed information on one TV screen is, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awful. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we might interview somebody who can talk about that in more detail soon. I've got somebody who's uh, who knows about that firsthand. So. Well, that's the thing is people got to start speaking up. You know, the other thing that I was going to say um, just a moment ago was uh, <clears throat> this is why I like the idea of self-sustaining communities are becoming very popular here in the United States where people are looking for places to go where they can, you know, be able to survive without anything from an outside market. And, and when you're looking at ideas like that, the first things that you're going to look for is you're going to look for food, water, shelter, and energy production. I mean, those are the most important things. So when you talk about a self-sustaining community, you mean one that is able to grow their own food, um, have a source of energy, you know, for electricity, that 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 sort of. Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at at sustaining your own food production, having your own electrical source, you know, or some type of energy production. It doesn't necessarily have to be electrical. You can produce oil. You know, if you can produce heat or spin a turbine, you're going to have an electrical production. So, you know, like uh, you could do some type of steam boiler. You could do some type of oil production. You could do, and, and of course, like you are, you're already creating biomass if you're self-sustaining with food. And it doesn't take much to turn biomass into an oil or something that you can burn. Like, you can just take biomass and burn it. That's code for poop stove. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering. Kind of. I mean. You mean like, you mean like cow, cow dung and stuff? And like corn husks and things like that. Wow. I'm, I'm starting up my community 
but we're going to use nuclear power. Awesome. <laughs> He's going to get the isotopes from his old military buddies. We know how they are about selling hardware. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You'll have people you know slacking over there in Monarchy. I hope you have enough room. Yeah. Wow. My next day. I, <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> oh, no, I don't run. So, but yeah, I mean, once you have your your food production, your energy production, and some type of uh, shelter, you know, where you can sustain the shelter, um, I mean, you you got a pretty decent setup. Yeah. Then then you got to hire security like me to come in. Yeah, and I mean, I think the people who who have that kind of setup and are not thinking about security are pretty naive. Yeah, very much. Because uh, because you're gonna have to have security. You're gonna have to have neighbors. You know, like I was talking with somebody this past week, and they were talking about setting up, and I was like, I don't know what I would do, because if you don't know the neighbors of where you're going out to. I would almost stay where you're at to know the neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, something goes down, it's going one way or another. Um, but, but you want to be able to survive to be able to see the outcome. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, it's it's like, the outcome is going to be either Americans actually rise up, rise to the occasion, and become self-sustainable and kind of take their country back, start governing themselves instead of asking these people to govern them. Or on the other side of that coin, they're going to 100% beg for some type of you know international government to come in and and take control and bring order and stability to their lives hmm. yep they're gonna want that global benefit right so and then there's the kind of intermediary outcome where it's like i was talking to monarch about this earlier i was actually watching some news where they were talking about polling liberals i was really surprised about this because we were talking about a civil war and uh, liberals believe that like 40% of liberals believe that the red and blue states should secede from one another. Hmm. Huh. That'll be a lot of lost puppies, you know. <laughs> well, then what, yep. if, what if a blue state turns into red and vice versa after the session? Is it going to join the other blue? Or what's going to... What was that, man? What if a blue state, what? What if a blue state turns into a red state and vice versa after the secession? 
Uh, I guess they would go ask to join the other side and become a traitor to their cause. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I wouldn't see really any states uh, rolling into that future turning blue. You know, it's either dying of starvation or begging for uh, access to a red state or just turning red. That's that's what I would see, you know. And maybe some outlanders, you know, with nuclear-powered camps. I mean, well, just... The blue states will be okay. Daddy China will come over, take care of them. I mean, China needs <laughs> a lot of farmland. Well, they already got it. <laughs> Yeah, they're buying up. No, books. no, they've already purchased it. They don't have it. You know, oh, no. the only way you have it is boots on the ground. Possession is nine tenths. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I said that to John the other day, and he said, kind of. What's the kind of mean? Uh, possession isn't nine tenths of the law. Possession, possession means a lot. If you have possession, don't give it up, but. You yeah. know, the law doesn't count possession as as nine cents. I mean, the owner is ultimately responsible and liable. And it's kind of like, it's like uh, people who've gone through bankruptcies and mortgage foreclosures and things like that. It's like, yeah, they can keep possession of the property right up until the point that they die. Okay. But they don't have it in law. They're they're not going to keep it in law. They can't pass it on to their heirs in law. They just yeah. have possession. It's like it's like uh, I, I'll, I'll give you another really good example. Let's talk about like a cocaine smuggler bringing cocaine over the Mexican United States border. They have possession. They could get charged. They could fully be charged if they're willing to tell the DEA whose cocaine that is. Best believe that the DEA will go get the owner. <laughs> They're not going to get the driver. As long as the driver is willing to risk their life and actually do that, best believe that the DEA will not charge the driver. So possession is important. It is not nine tenths of the law, and possession does not anywhere close to amount to ownership. Mm. It's like I got a message from somebody the other day. I probably need to get back to them, but I've just been really busy. But they were asking about how to stop a um, maybe a writ of ejectment. Anyways, it sounds like they're getting kicked out, you know, probably by the sheriff's office. And it's like, well, do you rent or do you own? You know, because if you own or if you purchased it and you defaulted on a mortgage, then stopping from being kicked out is, is pretty easy. If you're a renter and you're not a squatter, you're not going to stop from getting kicked out. And if you go back and break back into it and retake possession without following the rules of being a squatter, they're going to come and kick you out and arrest you for trespassing. 
So here's a situation yep. somebody contacted me with recently, and that is they have a, um, um, a, a, a trailer, I guess. It might be a modular. Anyway, they've um, purchased it for 50000 You know, finally paid it off after years and years and years. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's widow. And then she's been um, paying rent on a piece of land for 20, 24 years, 25 years. And the property also has, um, I think, a car wash and another business there. And they sell, um, you know, stones for paving. Anyway, it's been through a number of owners, which included the little tiny square piece of property that her little trailer is on. And now they are thinking of selling this property again. And they gave her 30 days. They, the, the owner told her verbally, you have 30 days to leave and take your trailer with you. She's never had a, a, a lease. And she's wondering, she wanted me to ask you, what are some of the things that, that she could do? And uh, needless to say, at her age of 75 years old, the 30 days is almost sent her into cardiac arrest well i mean you know they, there's no way that they can kick her out in 30 days and i mean did they have some type of gentlemanly agreement about her purchasing some of the property or has it always been known that she's just renting it or every owner every time it every time before they were going to sell she always asked if she could purchase and every time new owners came she always asked and they always said no we can't split the property up and it's too much of a hassle to get it uh um surveyed out so every one of them said said no but no one's ever given her a lease and like i said she's gone through multiple owners and it's just she's just been there for over 25 years yeah well i mean you know one thing's for sure they could not kick her off of the property they cannot? No. no because because her property's upon the property uh, you know like <laughs> like she paid the fifty thousand dollars to have the modular home the trailer whatever it is there you know she has a right to that property it's been understood that she's been able to rent the property they basically have to let her live there until she died and then sell the well not sell but you know it would be her heirs responsibility on what to do with the modular home so yeah. they, they just threatened her that they were going to go and um you know get an attorney and go get her off the property great go do it uh -huh. hmm. wonderful i'll show up in court I'll hand you a bill of what it takes for me to leave. As soon as you pay it, I'll make sure to go. <laughs> That'll resuscitate her heart, believe me. You know, because it's going to cost me a lot of money to relocate. A lot. You know, so, and, and I'm not going to charge you for the actual relocation. I'm just going to charge you for the actual moving and the upkeep of your property this entire time yep wow yep and, and if uh, it's gone through multiple owners i'm only going to charge you since it's been your property wow because that's all i can do in law 
you know in, in fact out here in california um you from what i've seen and the people i've talked to you can't even you're not even allowed to move your trailer off that piece of property because it's i, I guess it's zoned that way well I mean, I, I don't know how it is out there in California, but I've, I've basically heard the same thing. And I'm saying that that most people don't move like trailers or modular homes at this point because of the expense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's the expense has just gotten way too pricely. Yeah. You know, way too costly. It's kind of like what you were talking about being in the military where it's like they don't go and and. uh you know, they don't ship all of the armory back. They don't ship all of the machinery back because it's easier to just make it all again. Keep the contractors in business and then you don't have to hassle. Well, yep. and given the fact that the trailer has been there for 25 years or so, I mean, just moving that thing, I, I don't see how it could be even stable after all this, you know, after all this time. Yeah, um, they're usually not. It's like what was it? Remove it or it'll just crumble. Yeah, that's a that's a real concern that I have because that's the only home she has and it's 75 years old. She lives on a very, very low social security. Very it's very low. I mean and in fact, when um, the owner's girlfriend came by last week and told her, you know, she needed to leave and make arrangements. And she said, in fact, right down the road, there is another um, uh, trailer park where you could you could um, move your trailer to. <laughs> yeah. So I said, did they offer to uh, move it for you? And she said, no, absolutely not. She says, I don't know how I, could, I couldn't afford to, to, to move it. And she, she, in fact, even called the place down the road and they have absolutely no spaces available anyway. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's impossible for her to move it. And she doesn't have any, any money to move it or to, you know, like I said, she's really, really stressed out about this. Yeah. You still there, John? Okay. I'm coming kind of in and out. Um, yeah. So, what about her being grandfathered in? Does that does that relate to her at all, or no? Well, I mean, basically, the way it relates is that they don't have they don't have a generalized contract. Okay. And because they don't have a generalized contract, she's basically going under kind of squatter laws, except uh -huh. for the fact that when they took possession of the property, they already knew they had a squatter on it. Yes. Yeah. So all of her rights are very firmly established. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. She, she's basically in the commons, okay? And this is why I agree with property taxes because throughout all of history, it's always been the property owners and property taxes that have paid for and built the commons and have given the common people a place to live. And so she's basically in the commons, you know? So 
they can't really kick her out. You know, again, there's no um, being able to pass it down. Like, like she's not an owner. There's no being able to pass it down um, whenever she passes away. But at the same time, for what's going on right now, they, you know, it's basically like the law doesn't allow you to hurt an individual. Mm. While kicking her out of the property that she's lived at, that you agreed that she could live there, mm -hmm. you know, is going to cause her harm and dream loss. Yes, yes. And you can afford it, and she can't. Yes. And you agreed to afford it. Whether you knew that's what you were agreeing to or not, you know, whoever sold you the property, your real estate attorney should have informed you of all of your legal <laughs> obligations, duties, and privileges. Yeah. Now, whether they did or not is no consequence to me because you said you understood the contract when you signed it. Wow. That's awesome. You see, I'm just a judicial officer doing a job up on a bench. And it's not for me to create or make the law or even decide what the law is. It's for me to uphold the law. That, yeah. That's pretty much my entire freaking job wearing a black robe. Mm -hmm. And with property rights like that, they're typically really, really good about doing their job. Wow. You know, because those are the oldest, most fundamental rights. And you can't have a civil society without them. Yes, that's for sure. But like, you know, you can take away people's rights to body autonomy and take away their rights to go smoke a joint when they want to and take away their rights to go shoot heroin when they wish. But you start messing with people's property rights and those are the very fundamental principles of what allows you to own a home and have property in our society. Yeah, that's good. And every judicial officer owns a home and has property in our society. I can guarantee you that. So those are the fundamental principles and rights that they're not going to mess with. It's just like with Alan and Tamara trying to get that property. Look, there's, there's absolutely no way that they're going to allow her to do something that's going to cause all of them a headache. Exactly. Because of the right-of-way. You know, there, there is no way, especially now that I've seen it, I'm telling you right now, there is no way they're going to be able to offer that, that particular parcel to the public. Huh. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, in my opinion, it's not so much Alan owns that as his grandparents have issued a quick claim deed to Alan for his use and enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that, that's the way that I would technically kind of see that paperwork. Like, I know that they've passed the deeds down and, and yes, you know, by a general deed, he has it by general warranty deed, you know, but in my eyes... It basically has the same effect of his grandparents giving it to him in a quick claim deed. Yeah. Where, yeah. where they're just quitting their claim and they're saying he can use it now. You know, yeah. like like we're giving it to him in such a way, he, there's no way that we could kick him off of it. Mm -hmm. Ever. Right. <laughs> you know. 
so, but with the way that the right of way is set up, you know, because the, they can't just force them to give up the right of way. They can't force them to make that right of way a public road. Yeah, exactly. And if they tried, I really would show them how to stop it in like five minutes. <laughs> and I'll be there to watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would just be Me really, too. really upset because that's, you know, that's just <laughs> fundamentals of laws that you don't, you don't yeah. break. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just, just like you don't violate the whole, we have a private contract and you're just going to arbitrarily decide if it does or doesn't exist. Exactly. You know, exactly. you don't violate that fundamental principle of law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so taking it to the next step, how is it that these attorneys, you know, know that or supposed to know that and still go ahead and file these, you know, aggravating, crazy... Well, I mean, I think the real fact is, is that for the most part, attorneys don't really know it. And this is why the attorneys that figure this the stuff out, you know, the attorneys that really get law, they yeah. do really, really, really well and make a whole lot of money, you know, because most attorneys are arguing points that make it very, very discretional for the judicial officer. And the, and that's just like Tamara, all of the points that she was arguing had absolutely no effect or reason to right. law. You know, like everything that she was arguing was subjective, circumstantial. Right. And at the end of the day, even with that, you could still tell it was basically made up BS. But most of it didn't even matter. You know, like that's what I was getting irritated and frustrated with when we were sitting there. It's like, you know, the notary. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay, because the notary crossed out the word attorney. What does that matter with the contract at all? Are, are you saying that the notary has to be an attorney to sign a separation agreement as a witness, yeah. an authorizer? What was, exactly. What was the point she was trying to make with that about the notary? To this day, I she still trying, don't know, which is why it's obnoxious. She was trying to cover up her fraud. She was projecting. Well, and I mean, yeah. she was just trying to come up with every little thing she could, you know. But I'm telling you, if you don't have the big guns, which you didn't have, then no amount of those small guns are going to do anything. Yeah. And if yeah. you got the big guns, you just talk about the big guns once or twice, and you ain't got to worry about anything with the small guns. Yeah. I, I mean, that's basically my position on it. Did she, uh, did she say in her closing statement, and he snores, too? <laughs> Might as well have. Yeah, for real. Yeah, they've read a lot yeah. about me. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's actually funny, because I, I went back and listened to the closing stuff not so long ago. And, you know, I mean, I actually forgot this, but when they were actually at court, and this is how I knew Alan had it 100% in the bag, because I was like, she didn't freaking talk about the substantive rights and she did and what she said about the substantive rights is that they were harsh oppressive and one-sided right right she because said that's that's what it says probably in the statute and i know for a fact 
that's what it says in one particular case law that is kind of the law of the case when they're talking about these things. But she doesn't really go into how it's harsh, oppressive, and one-sided, except for the whole asset thing. Right. Which had already been rebutted. I mean, it's like, those it's aren't absurd. assets. Those are debts. You know, when you subtract the debts from the assets, in fact, she has $10,000 more worth of assets than I do. No, I think Alan did a great job of saying, you know, this is not, you know, this is not an excess of money that I have. This is debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, once you have that rebutted, show me where it's harsh, one-sided, and impressive. It's only harsh, one-sided, and oppressive in your imaginary, illusionary world that debt doesn't exist. And even though I wish that world existed, believe me, I got a lot of debt. I really wish that world existed. And if I had the debt in cash, believe me, I wouldn't have any problem with giving Katie $80,000 just to walk away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, believe me. Yep. I really want to do it too. Yeah, I dream Jeez. about that all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, until we get to that magical world that doesn't exist, what you're talking about is completely insane. And there's nothing harsh and oppressive and one sided about this. Exactly. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, and again, Tamara kind of understands the basics she she doesn't know enough because she has had the um privilege of judicial discretion and being you know in the in crowd of an administrative process and i think that she just lost her position of being somewhat on the in crowd yeah. i think that's gone they're going to tell her check your privilege at the door on right? your way out <laughs> Well, I mean, they just can't, I mean, it's kind of like I was telling you the other week. Nobody can be seen with the criminal, <laughs> you know, yep. you get caught doing some criminal shady crap in public and it's like, they're not going to freaking see you. They're not going to take away the rest of your life, but they're going to be like, well, we can't really talk anymore. You know how we used to do lunch every Wednesday? Yeah, I, I got other plans now. <laughs> yep. Now we're gonna now we're gonna meet in the middle of the night down by the docks, you know? <laughs> no, we're just not gonna meet. Because if I'm being followed by a private investigator or anybody starts to wisen up and really investigate our relationship, they're not gonna have anything to investigate. And I'm never going to talk about it again. So the only thing that they can investigate is what they have written down on the documents inside the courthouse. And that's already damning enough. You get it? You get how criminal activity is performed? I'm done testifying against myself. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> Especially after with what he put in last week into court. Are you kidding me? That paperwork was awesome. I mean, he basically went right in there yeah. and said, you're committing RICO violations, and I'm the victim of your racketeering, you know, process. And they didn't do anything to him. They didn't touch him. They didn't lock him up. 
They told him to come back and see the judicial officer that he really wishes to see. That's interesting. Because if it were me, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this straight up. If it were me, and let's just say I'm at the courthouse, and I'm that particular judicial officer, I would have told him everything was dropped and to go home and then claim negligence on everything that he just wrote down. That's what I would have done. I would have been like, oops, you guys caught me in negligence. This, I mean, this is why we got judicial bonds, you know? My bad. I was just tired that morning. I didn't get enough sleep, didn't have enough coffee. I don't know what happened. That's what I would have said. Or uh, I don't know that legal person's. <laughs> right. And I mean, I would have never done something like that because of how criminal it is. You know, and I mean criminal in the real way, as in you're hurting, you're causing harm, injury or loss to another yeah. man or woman. Exactly. You know, like that's that's for real criminal stuff. So I would have never done something like that if I was a judicial officer. But had I done something like that, if I would have woken up that morning in Emily Cohen's shoes, like of consciousness, when I saw that, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to throw all this out. It doesn't have the elements in law. And I, I'm sorry, everybody. I don't know what happened, you know, the judicial negligence, you know, my bad. I must have, I must have got the Corona. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I must got I'm, I must got C brain, man. C nineteen brain. Yeah, I can't remember nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean because that's the only thing that you could do to actually be able to take that route of why you did it. You know, like by telling Alan to come back, you're basically saying it's willful and knowing. Like, there's no way at this point you can say that you didn't know what you were doing and it wasn't willful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing would just be suicidal to keep bringing it up again, you know? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that if you didn't know what you were doing and it wasn't willful, you would have dropped it right then and there. Hmm. You see what yeah. I mean? Like... Like, if, if you didn't know, if you weren't knowing, and it wasn't willful, like you didn't do it on purpose, then you would have said, hey, you know what? I see what you wrote here, and you are correct. I was negligent in my duties, so I'm just going to throw this out. Yeah. You don't ever have to worry about it again. Yeah. Yep. Step one, you're staying my toes. Get off my toes. But they they were basically like, well, we're going to stay on your toes for another two weeks, but we're not going to stay on all your toes. We're just going to stay on your pinky and decide why. Right. right. And this paperwork says you have extra toes. Absurd. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's that's my point of view. But that's that's the difference between law and administration, you know, like they, they try and make law make sound all confusing, right? Like everybody, even the counterculture tries to make law sound all confusing because most of them are confused by law. But law is really, really simple. It's written on your heart. So if you listen to your heart, you're not necessarily going to go wrong. 
even if somebody catches you in a position like Journey's friends, then you know they're not going to be able to kick you out because you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, and when you look at law, it's really really simple. It makes a lot of sense. Like even even with what I was talking about with Joni's friend, explain a system that works better than the one I explained. Yeah. And put the logic behind it that is equal to or better than my logic. And if you do that, guess what? I'm going to go with your law every single day of the week. Yep. Sounds like a Friday in the smoke pit after work. Right? Yeah. So, but And, and the reason it works this way is because... People have thought about these things for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And this is the best that they've come up with. And every time they improve it, they improve it for forever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they don't just improve it in one generation. <laughs> now, they might try and take it all away in one generation. <laughs> you know, like that Ronald Reagan quote. You're always one generation away from losing your freedom or whatever. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you mean by the counterculture? Oh, I mean like all the people in the counter law culture, you know, like the Carl Lentz and the Anna Von Ritz and you know, the the other not to be named people over on, you know, NL Wisdom. <laughs> 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 Uh, I, I'm talking about, you know, just basically anybody who's interested and talks about this stuff and is not part of the legal society, you know, and it's like, you know, in some ways, and I've said this numerous times before, it's like, I like somebody like Oracle when I first met her, you know, she didn't know anything about law, never went to a law library, had never tried to look this stuff up on her computer, nothing you know, she she just didn't really understand. She didn't necessarily understand what I was talking about either, but she knew it was right. Yeah. You know, and I would rather have that individual than somebody who has been studying this stuff for three years, has listened to Anna Von Ritz, has gone and looked up a bunch of statutes, you know, believes that that their right to bear arms comes from the Second Amendment. Yeah, right. You know, like I, I would much rather talk with somebody and work with somebody who doesn't uh, know anything about it. What did you say else? Where does it come from? The, what, your right to bear arms? Yeah. Oh, it comes from the gun you hold. <laughs> it, it comes from the idea of if you wish to take away this right, come and get it. But then what does the Second Amendment refer to then? Well, the Second Amendment refers to guns, but it's not, this is where your right comes from. What the Second Amendment's purpose was is really in telling the government, this is not a right you can take away. So as soon as the government starts talking about taking away that right, it's, you know, it's not really a right from the Second Amendment. And the Second Amendment's not really helping you that much at that point in time. Well, that's true. You know? <laughs> Like, 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 ask Monarch how much the Second Amendment helps 
people in California who get caught with an AR-15 in the backseat of their car with the magazine in it and around in the chamber. Take it away, Just go ahead and ask them. Take it away, Monarch. Second Amendment. Yeah, not even in the trunk. Not locked away. Not even in a case. Yeah, they don't. They don't even count to two out here. Not only that, Monarch. Tell him: Will each bullet be an extra felony? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, it would. They wanted to get me for twenty felonies. But uh, whoever they talked to on the other side of the radio wasn't going to have it. So the, the Constitution has no standing where you live? Just like uh, just now where's the deer skin is written on? Uh, well, pretty much one point. It's for me. It's... Uh, and it's the Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights. That's another point. It's a bill. And what's a bill, JC? That's something that hasn't been passed by Congress. It's a proposed statutory instrument. God, haven't you seen Schoolhouse of Rock? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. I'm just they, a were, deal. they were creepy. They are a little creepy. <laughs> and then they would have that uh, that lollipop or that that sucker commercial. What, what is it with the owl counting the licks to the Tootsie Pop? Yeah, yeah, that was right around the same time period. So, but else to get back to your question, your your right to bear arms does not come from the Second Amendment. And if they could have done away with the Second Amendment like they did in California, they would have done it a long time ago. Your right to bear arms, which is why like places like South Carolina and Texas, this right is upheld. Okay? But the right to bear arms is because if you try and go and take arms from people, they're like, uh-uh. That, I mean, that yeah. ain't going to work out so well. I think in, in a past show, I don't think it was like uh, six or seven weeks ago, you mentioned the, the Constitution like doesn't apply that much. Like, yeah, the Constitution doesn't apply to you at all. The Constitution applies to government officers. The Constitution, and, and this is how you know that everything after what they do with the Constitution is administrative, is because the Constitution is administrative in and of itself. If you go and look at the Constitution, like just, just go and check out the United States Constitution. And I'm not talking about the Bill of Rights because the Bill of Rights is not part of the document, the Constitution. And that's why all of the you know, rights that they have, and this was brought in after the Civil War as well, you know, because they incorporated it into the Constitution as a constitutional amendment. You know, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. And honestly, like when you just had the Bill of Rights, it, it was Article One, Article Two, Article Three. And in fact, the first two articles dealt with political accountability and the fact that politicians, mainly the persons in the House of Congress, whether it be the Senate or, or the House, um 
that they couldn't take any money from corporations for being where they're at. Well, they had to get rid of that pretty quick, huh? <laughs> they're like, who's the prankster writing this stuff in there? Right. And, um, but they were all articles, man. It, it was his own document. So if you take a look at the Constitution of or for, I don't really care. It's not that big of a difference to me. But if you look at the actual body, you know, and the reason that of and for is not that big of a concept, like of a difference for me is because it doesn't mess with the body of what the legal document is wishing to express. And I'll tell you, like the founders did a really, really good job <laughs> on expressing exactly what they meant the body to express. <laughs> Which is why I think it's really funny some of the constitutional interpretations that have been made in the past century, for sure. But if you look at the body of it, it's like Article 1. Here's how the legislatures are to administrate themselves. In this section, we talk about this. In this section, we talk about this. It tells them who can be legislatures, what the United States of America is, what they can do, most importantly, what they can't do, how they're supposed to fund themselves. Like it gives step-by-step -step instructions. Here's how you do your job as a legislature. Mm -hmm. This is how you should administrate that position. And this is how the government ultimately will administrate that position for you. Like how you're elected, how you get into office, how many people per each district, yada, yada, yada. And then you go to Article 2. Well, what's Article 2? Well, Article 2 does the same thing it did for Article 1 with the legislature, except this is for the executive branch. <laughs> It's like, here's how the executive branch gets into power. They get voted on. Here's where the votes are counted. And after that, this is what the executive branch can't do. And this is what the executive branch can do. And this is what the executive branch can do in law. And this is how they settle disputes with the legislature. And if anybody commits treason, they can be brought up on charges and they can never hold a government office again. Really that simple. And then you look at Article 3. Well, what's Article 3? Well, here's how the judiciary is going to administrate itself. And that's where they went wrong. <laughs> no, they did an incredible job. They did a really, really good job. It's just no one understands what the law of the land is anymore because everybody believes in the law of the sea. Kind of like, like even else. And sorry to call you out for this, also. I'm just glad it kind of came up. But else was asking in uh, the common law wise words, you know, isn't the law of the land still under the maritime admiralty law? And no, no, it's not, else. Like, the law of the land is the stuff that I talk about all the time. It's the law of man, you know. It's the law of individual private contracts and you know, not being in the water, not having maritime law, not having the law of commerce, you know, having the law of you're a man created in God's image, having your own experience through your own perception on this planet that we like to call Earth, generally for the time being. <laughs> and uh, because of that, and because the maritime law, the admiralty law, doesn't 
care what it's doing to the parties because both parties are fiction. You have a very, very different law that applies to you, and that law is the law of the land. It's the law of man. Land, man are the same thing. You came from the land, you're going back to the land. You know, I mean, they're going to bury you. They're, you're going to get cremated. You're going back to the land, brother. <laughs> One way or another. <laughs> yeah, Even if I, I you go to the sea and have your ashes, like, buried at the bottom of the ocean, one point in time or another, that bottom of the ocean will be Mount Everest ever again, and you're going to be land. <laughs> Yeah, the water is just a guest. Right? I mean, I, I asked that question because a lot of times I hear people talk about the law of the land, but then in the context, it mirrors maritime or admiralty. So I, I wonder, like, can the word land be used as a term because it's mentioned in the Constitution? Like, do they mean that it's the law of common man, or do they mean, I guess, well, confusion? That, that's what they meant when they wrote the Constitution. But again, I'm, I'm talking about how they have really stupid arguments about what's written in the constitution these days. And, uh, and the reason is, is because like now I, I will bet you $150, you know, 100% that you can go down to any attorney's office and you can ask them what the law of the land means. And they're going to sit you down. They're going to be like, well, it means all the statutes that Congress creates and then the court's interpretations of them. And this, and that is not what the law of the land means. I'm going to tell you right now. And because most people's interpretations are that way, especially in the legal society, Yes, that is the law of Admiralty Maritime. But if you go and read, like, read the Declaration for the Causes for Taking Up Arms, they're going to tell you right in there that one of their main causes was because Parliament and the King were using the courts of the legislature to expand and, um, you know, broaden the jurisdictions of the courts of maritime and the courts of admiralty that trespass upon the courts of the common law jurisdiction. And they're going to tell you straight up. And that's exactly what's happened again. Just nobody sees it because in our society, people don't just grow up being knee-high to a grasshopper learning law. Yep. And uh, you're going to, you, you're hearing that in the counterculture obviously but that's that's what you're going to hear the most of is maritime or ucc maybe and uh but you know and truthfully they dig themselves in that so much that that is their law that's the law they're choosing to go by you know well so, and i mean you don't just hear it in the counterculture you hear it in the mainstream culture so because if, the mainstream culture will look at the counterculture and be like you guys are retarded for using ucc well, why are we retarded for using the UCC? Because the UCC is not actually codified in most states. In fact, most states have adopted it into their own codified form. Okay. Yeah, the states are a bunch of biters, you know. Everything's uh, in life. Well, and that's the way and that the attorney... Yeah, and that's the way that the attorney recognizes it and processes it in their mind because of their education. The thing is, is it's like, okay, so this is still not a maritime international code. Oh, no, the UCC is definitely a maritime international code. 
and it's not even actually a law. That's why it's the uniform code of commerce, you know, the uniform commercial code, right? Uh, duh. <laughs> so, so they're not going to argue that point. What they're going to say is that now it's yeah. become the law of the land because it's gone to the legislature and been codified. Like somehow that just changed its entire substance and reason for existing. Really? <laughs> Are, are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> because that sounds a little retarded to me. <laughs> Into themselves. Well, I mean, I could, I could be a moron. I'm just saying that, that this is the way their thought process works. And it works that way because there's a poor education. So they can, like, change the location of Admiralty, which creates the illusion that they're the same, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't say that they're changing the location. This is where it's like really difficult because, you know, and a lot of people will kind of take that position, take that stance, like, you know, this is where they changed the location of Admiralty. And it's like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's true um, in a way. But it's also kind of misleading because most people think of like location as someplace situate, you, you know what I mean, situated. And it's not really like that. It's like, you can go into a court of admiralty, believe me, it happens all the time. But you can go into a court of admiralty and invoke the, like, the law of man. And if you're doing it properly, I would say 95% of the time, they're going to respect it. Yep, that's the difference between jurisdiction and venue, and jurisdictions can shift right under your feet if you allow it to, even though you didn't leave the building room. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, e even though you're not physically going to a different location, it's like, oh no, we got to take you down at the common law court, you know, courtroom three instead of four. Well, we all meet back there in about 15 minutes after a recess. That's not the way it works. It's, you know, you go in there and you start moving under due process and then they're like, oh man, I guess I got to move under due process. To give you a great example again, it's like, go back and listen to the bad hair traffic court day. Right, right. <laughs> yes, oh, I'm being that. pulled into their maritime admiralty courts of, yeah, caught me without a driver's license because I was piloting a ship on the highways and I didn't have a permit to do so. And not only did I not have a permit to do so, my vehicle was not registered. For your C's or with your C's. <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to pull the, uh, why don't you just get somebody up there to be the accuser card and do the whole due process thing. And uh, you're going to tell me have a nice day. So jurisdiction is merely like a circumstance. It's not like a. Well, jur jurisdiction in the sense of like what we're talking about right now, it's it's which law has the power to be the governing authority. Does the common law have the power to be the governing authority or does the maritime admiralty law have the power to be the governing authority? And you tell me because I don't know. I mean, I would love it to be common law, but like 
sometimes they can drag me into their jurisdiction and I don't even realize it. Well, if you don't realize it, it's because you're not following the common law. So what do they do with that? What kind they of they say you want a jury trial or a bench trial. Uh, yeah. No, I'll take no the, matter what I I'll, I'll take the option three. I'll go with due process. Well, I got so a me... jury trial or a bench trial for you. Well, I'm still going to go with option three, due process. Man, you got to take this jury trial or bench trial because none of that other stuff you're talking that's all nonsense. It's not going to work. Uh, well, maybe not, but I'm still going with due process. And the first part of due process is you getting a man or a woman up there. As soon as you do that, put some facts on the record. Guess what, man? I'm going to have to proceed after that. Like, how am I going to proceed? How are we going to proceed to trial when you don't even have a fact upon the record? Right. What's there to proceed to trial about? Mm. Oh. Mm. But then, oh, Lewis has their hand up. What's up, Lewis? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing today? Hey. We're doing pretty good. Hello, Lewis. <laughs> Hello, Lewis. <laughs> Good. So the, the way you just explained that, it, it kind of brought light to me because it, it it was, I followed everything you guys are talking about, but it was just some things that were in, I was missing. I just couldn't figure some things out. And I didn't even know what they were, to be honest with you, because it's so confusing. This They just muddy the water so much. So when you said uh, due process, See, in my mind, I was thinking jury, right? Mm -hmm. And you clarify that I don't want a jury. I want a due process. And no, then, I, I never said one. I said, no, I'll, I'll go with due process. I require well, right, due right. process. I mean, you, it's you necessary. Implied, you implied you wanted just due process. No, no, I, I don't want or need from any man. God provide all. Okay, so you, even that it's there, a requirement, even... it's necessary. You don't want anything from these people. And if you tell them that you want something, then what you're doing is you're asking them. Right. And so if you're I, asking I, them, then is... by very definition of you asking, they can deny you. Right. right. Hmm. No, well, see, even there, even what, what you just explained there, I, it, my mind still has to wrap around that because right. I've been taught as a kid that I want things, that I need things. I never said, they never told me you wish things, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So this is kind of like the process for me that I'm going through. Um, but what you said there is, that, yeah, I want, I wish to have due process. And then because in my mind, I'll say, okay, so what, what are the elements of, of, a of a, uh, a, a common, a common law court, right? Is that what, uh, what you called it? A common law court due process. What are the elements of that? Is there any elements or is that or, or are you just saying I wish to have due process? And the the first thing you said well, was I mean, it's it's kind of like when I was talking to else. Of course, there's elements like you got to go in there. You have to know the elements. They can't know the elements for you. Right. So where do I find like how do I find out what the elements even are if, if it's not written? Well, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like I was talking about earlier. Most of it comes from logic. You, you know, like when you get down to the actual root elements of it, it it's going to come from logic. Okay. Now, if you don't, if you're not quite that 
much of a philosopher. Most people aren't, so don't feel bad if you're not. Like I wasn't, yeah. you know, but you can go and read case law and it's going to tell you. And again, once you figure it out, you know the elements. Now you can figure it out. You can know it kind of like some of those who must not be named, you know, over CL wisdom, but you know it. And then it's taken right off your heart because you don't follow it. You know, because the law, the real law, is put on your heart by the creator. And if that man has the power to put it on your heart, he definitely has the power to take it away. Right? Because anybody who gives you something can take that away, can't they? Right. So, see, it's not really for the judicial officer to decide whether you were given it or not. It's just their job to recognize that you got it. You, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the very first element, just like I said with the traffic thing, the very first element is, hey, get a man or a woman up on the stand, have them verify some facts that would give you jurisdiction. As soon as you do that, as soon as that happens, I'll know how to move. <coughs> because that's the very first element in the law that I'm performing right here, right now. You know, this is the very first part of due process. And it makes a whole lot of sense because just like I said a second ago, how would I know how to move if there's no facts for me to move about? Right. And most of the times they won't even have that. So you won't have to go past the first. They time. never have it. I mean, unless you have an actual man or a woman coming after you for a private contract on the other side or you mm -hmm. cause real harm, injury or loss. They never have it. They do walk in there. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and they're just presuming that when you are assuming that when you walk in there, um, you're just going to go through administrative procedure that, you know, you know, uh, that you see everybody else doing. So everything they do. They're hiring everybody to get that jurisdiction back, back from you. Just you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to do something. Or something could happen, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conjecture. Now, what? So what? What? Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um. Okay, so that that, that was my question. So the, another thing that I would need to learn, and is I per I, I purchased the book that you guys mentioned uh, on uh, lessons in English, and I'm hoping I can get my answers out of there. I need to know how to write. Because I need to be able to hand in any paperwork to let them know that I am a man and not the person. Yeah. And then you just get, you know, you just get that, like, you get the idea of how to write the body and what the style of English is. You know, you get that from lessons in English. And I'll just go ahead and give you a couple of really big clues that I've talked about throughout all of the times I've done a show. But it's like, here, here's a really big clue, okay? A huge clue is the idea that there are no all capital words in the mm -hmm. English language, yeah. Yeah. you know? Right. So you don't ever write in all capital words, right? okay? Now, after that, you pick your words very, very closely because you don't care what they say. You don't care what the other side says, okay? What you care about is what you say, what you talk about. So they might say that you're verse or against. 
you might not wish to be like that as a party. You might not wish to be a defendant. You might wish to be a man. You should title yourself a man. You know, if you're going to say that somebody's a plaintiff, then you should make sure it only has one F on it. I've talked about this before on the show. I don't know that. Okay, but let me just explain to you how out of bounds and out of law they are. Like, let's just say that you did actually have somebody that you committed a real crime against. Let's just hypothetically say it was assault and battery of a high and aggravated nature because I've been charged with that before. And it didn't go anywhere. Okay, now when you go into court, they still don't have a man or a woman verifying firsthand statements of the facts to you. The only thing that they've had to issue the warrant for your arrest or the summons for you to appear before a criminal court is the fact that an officer went in there and gave them a bunch of hearsay and asked them to do it. Mm -hmm. That does not amount to actual probable cause. That works in their administrative processes, but it would never fly in a real court of law. I'm going to tell you right now, even in that situation, they're probably not going to pull the victim right up onto the stand and have the victim testify against you. One of the main reasons they're probably not going to do that is because as soon as they do that, then they can pull the victim back. Well, you can pull the victim back at, for any hearing to have them say the statement over again. Hmm. And why would I do that? I don't know. It depends on what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but honestly, it's like in certain situations, for instance, the situation that I was charged with, I would do it because it was a BS charge. And it's like, if you don't show up now, the state's failing to prosecute, I can walk. And if you do show up and you give different answers than the answers you gave before, then I can have your entire testimony thrown out because you're not reliable as a witness. Okay, I see. And now they don't have any firsthand knowledge of the facts upon the record for which to bring some type of charge for. Yeah, the state's fully aware that they're building the own, their own case against themselves, potentially. You know, everything they admit into a public record is, uh, it, it could ultimately get because, because they're, unless, but other than that. So, and and with that, it is getting a little bit late. It's about 20 minutes after 11. But I'm going to go ahead and start uh, working on, on closing it down. Thanks for speaking up, man. Yeah, no, th thank you guys, man. This is this is awesome. Yeah, this was pretty good. So, see, I just had to give Money Mike and the others something to be jealous about, you know, <laughs> leaving so boring. <laughs> They're going to go back and they're going to be like, man, why wasn't I on that call? <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have more of these. Uh, yeah. And, and Lewis, you had said something earlier on when you were asking the question and you said it's a process. And, mm -hmm. you know, it is a process. It takes a while to, you know, it's important to hear this over and over again. And it really is important not only to ask the question, but to be able to say out loud. And then um, you can hear what you're saying and, you know, whether or not 
because it is kind of a new language, you know, what it sounds like and using the correct words and what you're trying to say. And it does take a while. It's a process of learning. Mm -hmm. And it's a process of unlearning the things that we had been taught, you know, previously that were. That's the hard part. That's the hard part there for me. Yeah. So it does take a while and it is a process. So certainly appreciate you coming on and asking the questions and, um, you know, thank you. Thanks very much for, for joining in on uh, with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's yeah. a, like I said, it's a pleasure being here with you guys and learning. And I'm eager to learn. Well, hopefully you'll come back next week because we'll be back out here next week. No, I, this is my, I think my second or third time. I, I plan on being here every, every, every week. I'm the only time I won't probably be here. I'm a fireman. So if I'm, if I'm out on a call or something the day that I work, on a Wednesday, then I, you know, I can't be here, but yeah, I'll try, I'll try to make every single one of these. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I, I appreciate your services as a fireman. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've had to use them once or twice. And when I was, when I was a really young kid, I, I had to use them because I started a really big fire and you guys <laughs> were really cool to me, man. Yeah. We try to be cool with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all were like, yeah, we know you're young. We mm-hmm. like fire too. That's why we do this. Yeah, we, that's that's true. We would be without a job if it wasn't for people like you, right? <laughs> See, I'm just job security for you, brother. <laughs> not not anymore. I you know, just one time I learned my yeah, lesson. Yeah. Mistakes happen. Yeah, yeah. And at least I was a child, you know. I could be like, hey, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, it honestly looking back on it, it, it was really, really stupid because I mean, honestly, I didn't know, but me and my friend were setting fires until one got so big we couldn't put it out. Mm-hmm. What did we think was gonna happen? Yeah, I, you know that, that's the thing. you never experienced that before, so it's you know those things happen. you know, you'd be surprised how many kids do the same thing and they don't they just don't know. they don't know. And when you're young, you don't really think too much. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying there's only one place where that logic could get you. You know, we're going to start fires until they get too big. We can't put it out. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call us. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and every firefighter was like, right. hey, at least you're honorable enough to right. stick around and call us. Right. Like a lot of kids would have gotten scared and ran. That's true. You know, they were like, at least y'all did the right thing when you saw it getting out of control. You cussed enough to where a neighbor came out and started cussing with you and told one of Mm -hmm. y'all to run back and call the fire department. (laughs) Because that's that's basically how it went down. Wow. Wow. Thank God, you know, I'm I'm assuming no one got hurt, so. Yeah, no, nobody got hurt. In fact, we, like, as part of y'all's punishment for us, we had to write the property owner and mm. apologize for burning down his property. And yeah. I think that it actually made him aware that he owned the property because he sold oh. it and it became a development like six months after that. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, you know, so so actually we did our, our due Good Samaritan dude. We were like, yeah. hey, man, you have this property that might have gone up a lot in value, and you should check in on yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> did him a favor, I guess. N- nobody will burn down your property if you <laughs> sold it. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So, but, all right. Well, we will be back out here, and um, you know, again, hopefully, we'll see. You. We're out here most Wednesdays. I'm sure we'll miss the Wednesday before uh, 
before Thanksgiving. That's yeah. not a popular one. Well, you, whenever you guys are on, I'll be here. Awesome. To try at least. You know. Perfect. And I'm I, I'm spreading the word too. I'm trying to get people to you know that's another thing that's very difficult to to speak to people about this. And it's like you know they they look at you like ah no that's not what's how it really is you know. And uh, it's hard to 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 explain this stuff to people that just don't know. Yeah, I, I just kind of years and years of practice and experience. So yeah. uh, I can talk to people and it's like, even in most people, they don't get it. Like even after you explain it, but, but I typically try to keep with logic and put them in a position where they're not like, oh, you're crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I just stopped doing it until I learned more. <laughs> so. so there won't be a show next week. Since it's Oh no! There, there will probably be a show next week. Yeah. There's not going to be a show the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. so that's yeah, that's a couple of weeks out. But yeah, no, well, there'll be a show next week because you know Oracle and I will wish to talk about what our experience was in Polk County. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. And anybody who's in the area in North Carolina, come to Polk County. Look up R-O-A-R, Roar, and uh, we would love for you to join in the march with us. Uh, and, and with that being said, uh, if anybody wishes to say their blessings and good nights, now's kind of the time. So, good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Be Good blessed. Night, Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Everybody be safe. Bona sera. Good night. Good night. Okay, now I'm just going to look up a uh, song to play real quick. Something to put us to sleep, John? Oh. Uh, no, it's called closing time. <laughs> yeah. I just thought about it when we were talking about closing time.
Closing time. Good night, everybody. We'll be back here next week. Good night, everybody.